Hi, and welcome to episode 37 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates the art of communication, specifically storytelling, in today's digital world. I'm Amelia Veal, and I believe that stories can evoke powerful emotions, inspire change, and motivate action. By interviewing a wide range of people who have built engaged communities, I investigate and share the secrets of great communication. In 2015, I saw Vince Jang speak at an event in Adelaide. To call him an inspirational speaker is an understatement. He describes himself as a small individual from a refugee family, born and bred in the northern suburbs of South Australia. But he is also a magician, an entrepreneur, he runs a video production company and he is now a highly sought after keynote speaker in such demand in the US that he is soon relocating there. I knew that Vin was a must interview for Be The Drop. Vin talks about the critical importance of video, discusses the delicate balance between giving and selling to your community, and reveals his top tips for avoiding tall poppy syndrome. This is Vin's version of Be The Drop. Thank you so much for joining me, Vin, on our next episode of Be The Drop. This is the first ever that I've done not face-to-face, so we're going to see how it goes. Um, but to get us started, I'd like for you to explain your item of significance, and that's something that connects you with your community. So could you take it away? Okay, so thank you for having me. And the first, my item is, it's a magic book. So it's the, uh, the Australian Magician's Handbook. And the reason this is significant to me is because this was the first magic book I ever received. And I stole it from the library, which was hilarious because, but I have to tell you the story. Mum and dad used to drop us off at the library after school because it was free childcare essentially. And we would, all these little Asian kids, because my entire family would be going to the library. And what would happen is at the end of every single um, childcare session or, or library session, we're always playing cards. We're always playing with card games, snap and everything. And then one day the librarian there gave me a book specifically and said, why don't you try something different? And it was this book and I loved it so much. I never gave it back. And that was my first crime I ever committed. But this, this introduced me to the world of magic. Yes. And now how does that connect you to your community? You know, because magic is my metaphor. I I use magic when I speak. I use magic as an example when I'm with people because I found all the common threads from the world of magic and the world of business, the world of life, it's literally been, it literally has become my way of communicating. So that's how it connects me to my community. Great question. That was good. I like that. Oh, fabulous. Good. Well, so now we've sort of, you you touched a little bit then about your community. Can you just expand on who it is and, and what you're doing? So I've, I've got a mixture of communities. So one community definitely is I've got an online magic school that I've just merged with a group called 52 Cards, spelled with a K. And, you know, on that platform, we've got over 900,000 students from around the world. So, you know, the main way I connect with that community in particular of students is I, I'm, a, I'm a magic teacher. So I teach them sleight of hand, showmanship, presentation skills. And then I've got my tribe on Facebook as well, which is just people who are, I guess, like what I do, like the message that I put out there and um, follow me on the journey. And then also you're doing a lot of speaking at different um, conferences. I see you, you know, traipsing around everywhere at speaking. So what's that, what's that community? You know, that's, that's a career path in a community or group of people that I never expected to even be a career path. 
So literally there are, in, in America, I found out the stats, every single day there are at least 4,000 no, 4, events that happen every day where a speaker is being financially reward. That's the marketplace. So when I discovered there was this whole speaking industry, I was like, wow, I really want to do it. And so you've got all these different bits of community. What do you think is that real value in having these community groups in what it allows you to do and, and what it brings people together to be able to do? Well, well, the first thing, having a community means that they back whatever it is that you do. So when I first started my video production business, maybe three years ago, I had a small community and that community were my initial customers. You know, they were the ones I gave really good rates to as well, you know, bare bones. And they were also the ones who weren't afraid to tell me how they actually felt. There's enough trust and rapport there. So we were able to have that initial seed list or seed list of clients. It's valuable for support with the businesses that you run, but also it's fantastic because it's food for your soul. You know, when you get up every morning, you get messages on Facebook, you get emails from your community telling you how much they love you, how much your content and your thoughts are changing their lives. It's, yeah. there's so many benefits, you know? So what is it that you think, and, and you sort of touched on this, that motivates them so they've gone from being um, part of the community, you know, part of your followers on Facebook and really interested in what you're doing to then going, okay, well, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna go to his course. What is it that you think takes those people to motivate them to that action? You have to give first. I think it's that that old rule where if you add enough value to somebody soon enough, they will feel almost obliged to, to help you and to work with you. And especially when you have a, a community that is aligned with, you know, what you ultimately want to do with your business. So I think it's important to understand that you have to give a ton first and, you know, give without asking in return in the beginning, just give. And the longer you give, the more social currency you build, and the more of that social currency that you have in the future, you can cash it in. And so you mentioned that, you know, give when you give and sell when you sell. How do you balance that and make it really clear? Because obviously you want to, you're building up a community where you're giving, but then at some yeah. stage there's got to be the flip to, you know, a two-way relationship. How do you manage that? You just have to be conscious of not asking too often. Um, yeah. And then just keep that balance right. The, the moment you start to feel bad when you're asking, it means you're asking too often. So just, just kind of be sensitive to how you are starting to feel when you click post. Do you feel like, you know, do you feel dirty afterwards? If you do, then you're definitely overdoing it. I think that's, re that's really good advice. Um, so you mentioned a few different platforms and social just being a, a different one. What are the key platforms that you're using with, with your communication? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, look, email is something that I feel like it's just dying. I mean. It's something that I've got, I run, we do it with our online business, but it's just dying. And instead of sending out an email on our mailing list with our online business, we just create a YouTube video that goes out and that YouTube video that they're subscribed to anyway on the YouTube platform, you know, 900,000 subscribers will get like 200,000 views within a week. That way surpasses the open rates of email. Same thing with Facebook. I mean, I've got a mailing list for my communication workshop, but putting out a video on Facebook, there's way better reach. So you're obviously using video a lot um, yeah. and you've got a video production company that you've started. What, can you just give us a bit of background around your, you know, your thoughts around video and the importance of video content? Yeah, definitely. Well, the first thing is that with video content on most platforms is being the most rewarded. It's the one that's 
it's the piece of content or piece of marketing that's getting the most organic reach anyway on most of the social media platforms. So that's definitely a massive reason why you should do it. The second reason is there's one rule in the world of videography and it's simple. It's what you can show, don't tell. And the wonderful thing about that is with video, you can, you can utilize that lesson. And with, you know, if, a, if a picture speaks a thousand words, then my goodness, a video speaks millions. So I think if you, if you understand, and, and you have to also audit yourself and go, do you have the talent to be on video? You know, there are a lot of businesses out there who I can, they, they, they take someone that doesn't have the right ingredients, puts them in front of the camera. That's got to do more damage than good. And I'm starting to see a lot of that. Uh, and I think, especially in America, it's crazy how many people who are in front of camera who shouldn't be in front of camera. You have to get someone to coach you on on-camera delivery. You have to, like this is a must. If this is something you want to be doing for your business or your personal brand for the long run, then you have to get someone to, to teach you. You can shortcut years of learning by getting the right person. That, that's definitely the first part. I mean, I, I just, the delivery part is so important. But if you have problems with the content part, get a script writer. Like there are so many script writers in Adelaide, in Melbourne, in Sydney, all over the world, engage in their services. And then the wonderful thing when you engage in their services is that you talk to them on Skype like this, they get a feel for how you speak your spoken language, and then they'll write the way you speak for your script. When we're overwhelmed by it and we're not willing to spend to get people to help us with it, that's when we get into trouble. Okay, so and in this journey of yours and building the community, have you experienced negativity or you know any major hurdle? <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah. So what what's your major experience with that, and how do you handle it? YouTube is like it's it's the it's it's the place where toxic trolls breed. Uh, it's crazy, but it, but it's so important. It's such an important part of the journey, just as a human being now in today's world. I think. And, and definitely the platform is YouTube uh, because there people can hide behind a username still. Whereas on Facebook, it's a bit more difficult. You know, you still get it on Facebook, but a lot less YouTube. Wow, every video we put out with our online business, you know, we get thousands of comments and you get hundreds of people just, it, it's just nonsense, you know. They can judge you if they're in the ring with you, but if they're not, then the words they say, I don't know, I just feel like it does have no effect. It's like me giving advice to a carpenter. I know nothing about carpentry. So why would he respect anything that I have to say? You just have to remember that you're in the ring. And if it's an expert in your industry critiquing you or leaving you a negative comment, then see past the negativity and try to extract the lesson from what they're saying. Because remember one thing, praise does nothing for you in the long run. Critique does. Well, and that's really good advice in itself. So you're, for you, you're approaching it like a con constant learning and evolutionary process. Is that sort of right? Yeah, yeah. It, the Japanese have a word for it. They call it kaizen, which is, in other words, a continuous, the continuous and relentless pursuit of perfection. But knowing that perfection isn't attainable. And I suppose that applies to business as well then, like constantly working on, on the business to improve and, and grow. Absolutely. And again, it's got synergies to magic, right? Because there's a quote in the world of magic where a magician named Teller from Penn and Teller, he says that magic is just someone spending more time on something than anybody reasonably expects. <laughs> and that's all that magic is. So, so when you see a magician perform a piece of magic, it's so astonishing. It's so incredible. Same thing when you see Steve Jobs or you see Elon Musk build a company. It's so amazing. You're so blown away by it. It's like, it's like magic. It's like seeing magic. 
But when you think about it, he's just spent more time on creating electric cars than anybody has reasonably expected. Yeah. Same thing. It, it's, it's a patience thing. I think that the best thing about today's world is that everybody is not patient, which is great because it just means that if you focus on being patient, you'll, you'll win. You'll win the marathon because everyone's giving up. So. so it's the slow and steady wins the race. When I started my speaking career, for example, like I, how, I, don't, I didn't understand why, why would people be paid tens of thousands of dollars an hour? This is, it's like a magic trick, can't be, can't be real. But then I just remembered that it's just, if you spend more time on it than anybody would reasonably expect, you achieve mastery. And mastery is something that I think is extremely rare. And, and to achieve mastery, like you said, you have to not listen to the other people. The, the yeah. number of times people told me to stop doing singing classes in theater and thought that I just wanted to be an actor. I was like, no, no, I'm not being an actor. I, I know what I want. So I, well, to backtrack one yeah. more thing, so I'm just on the tangent now, but in order to stick to it and not listen to the naysayers, you have to have absolute clarity with what you want. The problem is people don't have that clarity. They don't know what they want. You, you will stop yourself if you don't have that clarity. And you're right, you're your own biggest, you're your own biggest enemy. So that, that, that clarity. And, and this, 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 this kind of concept of this clarity came about for me probably about eight, nine years ago when I first read the book, uh, 16 Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. And the first chapter was about what is your, what, what's, what's your ultimate goal? Like what's your, like the end result of what you want in your life? What is that? Definite chief aim. That's what he called it. What's your definite chief aim? And I always hear goals and goals to me seems to be short term, but what's your definite chief aim in life? Like that chapter just threw me off my chair. I'm like, God, I have no idea. That's then, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But then once you start going down that rabbit hole, which is you need a lot of patience in itself for that as well, then you start to discover a lot of things about yourself. And you have to look within to find the answers that you want at the end of the day to give you that clarity. But once you have it, once you have it, Amelia, nothing stops you. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter what my mum and dad said. It didn't matter what my ex-partner said. When you have that clarity, it's like a, it's like a bloodhound that's, that's got the scent now. Nothing is going to stop you. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it feels powerful even through the screen. I can feel like... Yeah, okay, cool. It's probably like, just the laptop uh, getting hot, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he's getting hot. No, 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 honestly, I can, I can feel that. And, and it's, it is, it's strong, it's powerful. You know, yeah. I, I can feel... And I think as well, just going back as well about the, the mastery and, like, and, and mastering yeah. things, I think in Australia as well, it sort of links into that tall poppy syndrome and, yeah. and not owning that, you know, mastering yeah. something. Like I, I feel like we need to sort of, and I do feel change has been made in that space, but it is an underlining cultural thing there that I, I think we have to get past. Yeah, and it's, it's true. It's very real. It's a topic we don't really like to talk about. I mean, look, I think what's, what's good about, there's very few things that's good about tall poppy, but the, the, the good perspective of it is that humility. Australians have great humility, right? So everywhere you go around the world, especially the Kiwis as well, they've got great humility. But then there is such thing as too much humility that it becomes damaging, yeah. right? That it, that it cuts away your aspirations. And we do definitely do have that culture here. You know, I mean, the amount of times I was told when I was on my journey, you know, why are you working so hard? 
And I mean, I knew why, but because so many people were questioning my work ethic, I felt like I shouldn't be working so hard. But then the moment I stopped working hard, I, I had less momentum and then I felt pain. I'm like, no, no. Okay. So thanks for the advice, but you were wrong yeah. to go on myself. So, and when, when I go to America, Amelia, you know, America has got a lot of things that are bad, but one thing that's gone for it is that, wow, there's no, there's no tall poppy there. You know, you, you succeed over there and people go, well done. You've done a great job. How can I help you achieve more? Yeah. The aspirations are inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, every Uber driver you meet there is, you know, working 12, 16 hours a day because they've got a dream they're trying to build. And it's a very real thing that as an Australian here all my life, um, I, I was like, wow, everyone here has a dream. You know, and even though 99.9% .9 of people fail at the dream, everyone begins with that intense dream. Yeah. Well, and even in America, if you haven't failed at a dream, you haven't really done much. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. You haven't got no street cred otherwise. It, oh, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's like a badge of honor over there. You know, when, when, you, when you run and you start companies and you're failed, it's, it's, you need it. It's, it's, good, it's good character building anyway. What I like to do to conclude the interview, though, is for you to share. So Vin's be the drop tip. Now, a be the drop tip is your top communication tip. Look, I, I think I can share with you my best communication tip and I can probably summarize it in just one sentence. And it's that you must learn how to amplify the best parts of who you are. So you have to become super aware of what are all your strengths. And once you identify what your strengths are with the help of others, because you can't do it on your own, because none of us have enough self-awareness to do that. Once you become aware of all of those strengths, you have to seek help on how do we amplify it? How do we amplify this? Because you have to look at yourself as, or your business as a lighthouse. And the way you amplify your strengths, that's going to send the signal out into the ocean that's going to attract the right ships. And if you're not clear on what your strengths are and you don't amplify it, then A, you're a lighthouse potentially attracting the wrong customers, the wrong community, or B, you, you've got the right strengths, but you're not sending that signal out far enough. So you're just sending it out around the shore and you're wondering why the hell am I not getting, gaining any traction? So first thing is first, like I said, strength and then amplify the shit out of it. I'm a small individual from a refugee family born in South Australia, born and bred here from the Northern suburbs. You know, as you all know, that's hashtag ghetto, still live in the Northern suburbs. And I was able to amplify my light far enough that companies from all around the world book my video production company and also book me as a speaker. So again, it really comes down to how well you can shine that light of yours and how far you can shine it. So just wanted to give you that to give context for. Nah, well, Vin, your light is very, very bright. So thank you for sharing it. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you, Miriam. Thanks for listening to Be The Drop Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Leave us a review or share with someone who is looking to improve their communication. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at B underscore the underscore drop or visit our website narrativemarketing.com.au and click on the podcast tab. If you or somebody you know embodies Be The Drop, Email us via podcast at narrativemarketing.com.au. New episodes are released each Monday, so make sure you don't miss out by checking in every week.